Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's clap our hands and praise the Lord together. Come on, are you excited to be in church tonight? Come on, I said, are you excited to be in church tonight? If that's you, why don't you stand to your feet and give the Lord a good amen? Come on, a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. It is so good to be back with you uh, after a long, long, long two years, a long two years. I told um, your pastor and, and youth pastor, I said, man, i got to be honest with you. I said, when, when I saw youth weekend going on without me last year, I, I all but cried. I was, I was all disappointed. I mean, in a good way. I'm, I'm so thankful that you guys moved on and forgot all about me and all that stuff, but no, I, I say that because I appreciate this church. I appreciate your dedication to the things of God. And, and more so, I appreciate the young, young people's passion for God. Amen. And I, I've preached a lot of youth events over the years. I've just wrapped up eight years of serving on my uh, Pennsylvania District uh, Youth Committee. And I can tell you, uh, as a preacher, you go in to do youth events and you always have those messages tucked inside the, that are like hellfire and brimstone. You know, you dangle kids over the fire to get them back and pray them back through and all that kind of stuff. And, and when I come here, I told Pastor today, I said, that, that really, if, if I feel led to, I will, but that's really not on the radar. Why? Because you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been preparing, you've been having prayer meetings, amen. And that goes a long, long way, and I guess that's why I, I love you so much. It's so good to be back here. I don't want to tarry too long. I have a lot to say uh, in regards to just um, being here and stuff. But I, I want to get to the preaching of the word for the sake of those that had a long work week uh, thus far. Mark chapter 2, we'll begin with verse 1. Then I'll bounce down to Luke five seventeen, And then I'll go back to Mark chapter 2. And so uh, Mark chapter 2, we'll begin with verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. I am excited. Come on, somebody. Smile at your neighbor and say, I'm excited. Come on. El elbow your neighbor and say, put a smile on your face and let me know that you're excited to be in church. Amen. I don't know exactly why God has put pressed this on my spirit so much, but I am going to do and go with what I feel in my spirit today, and, and hopefully it will make sense. And uh, I believe tonight expectancy will cause the Lord to move. And I have high expectation that his spirit will move. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Mark chapter 2 verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. You, you, how many of you have those scriptures in the Bible that when you read, it kind of just makes you feel like, wow, I like that. Now, you know what I mean? Like Acts 1.8, it's quoted so many times, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you read that and you're like, Ooh, yes, I like that. Amen. Well, this is one of those scriptures for me. And Mark, it says, after he had entered into Capernaum after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. Amen. There's something about that scripture that just makes me smile and say, say Jesus, you're awesome. Amen. Hey, I've had a lot of company come into my house over the days. I've had some good company, and I've had some terrible company come to my house. But I'll tell you this, there is never anybody that can, can possess or to bring the company like Jesus can bring it. Amen. There's nobody like the presence of Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus is in the house, well, that was weak. I said when Jesus is in the house. Amen. 
Luke's version in Luke 5, 17, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. There was, there was Pharisees, doctors of the law sitting by. Watch this. Note this next, next little bit. Which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, resulting in this, that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Something happened in this setting uh, that enticed God, if you would. It enticed the miraculous to show up and to be on standby for when the need arose. Something happened in this setting that activated the miraculous. Back to Mark chapter 2, verse 2. And straightway they were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Four men carried him. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let, they let down the bed wherein lie the sick of the palsy, or where the sick of the palsy lay. Verse 5 reads like this. And when Jesus saw, say this next two words with me, their faith. Come on, one more time. Their faith. Point to yourself and say, I have a responsibility. Come on, say it a little bit louder. I can make a difference. Come on, he doesn't have to have faith, but I can have some faith. Come on now. The person next to me, next to me might not have it going on, but I can still have it going on. Amen. I have a responsibility. Verse 11 says, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and, and go thy way into your house. And verse 12, it reads, and immediately he rose, took up his bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed. They glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. In Luke 5, 26, it reads, and they were all amazed and glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen some strange things today. I don't know about you, but I am so ready to have, have not just one blowout church service, but I'm ready, ready to have consecutive services back to back to back to back to back where we walk out of here, pastor, just shaking our head saying, did you just see what Jesus did today? I, listen, I, I get it. We can have a blowout service once in a while, but what about every week? Amen. What about consecutively God visiting our church services and our meeting places and seeing the power of the Holy Ghost to move and fall in our services. Amen. I'm ready for it. I don't know about you, but I desire to see the miraculous. I desire to see the hand of God move like we read in the Bible. Amen. Amen. I want to preach tonight with the help of God, creating an atmosphere for the miraculous. Creating an atmosphere for the miraculous. Set your Bibles down. I want you to lift your hands, your voices to the Lord, and I want you to pray that the anointing, I want you to pray that expectation and faith would rise tonight because I feel God wants to do something great in our midst. Come on, I need you to lift your voice. Lord, right now I bind every distraction. I bind every, every Lord hindrance, Lord, and I'm asking, Lord, very simply that you would loose the power of the Holy Ghost to flow in this service. On the first service of Youth Week, God, I pray that we make a declaration that we didn't come to take the night off. Uh, we're not going to take the night off, but God, we're going to come uh, very intentionally, Lord. We're going to come uh, with our hearts reaching for you, Lord, expecting, uh, Lord, expecting you to show up and do what only you can do. Uh, we invite you into this place, Jesus, and we ask you to touch our minds and our hearts today, and everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. High five your neighbor. Tell him Jesus is awesome. Amen. And as you are seated, 
Amen. Creating an atmosphere for the miraculous in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says in the beginning God created, help me out, the heavens and the earth. Amen. If you continue to read down what is known as the creation account. In the first chapter, or the first two chapters, so to speak, of Genesis, you will watch as, as God takes nothing, he looks at the, the void, and he begins to speak. And he begins to take nothing and transform it into a beautiful world or ecosystem and galaxy and everything we have today by the power of his spoken Word. We'll see that God took four days to establish Earth or uh, the galaxies and all the other planets. I, I know they're there for a reason. I just don't know exactly why they're there. Amen. God is a smart God. And, and we can look out at night and, and observe the stars. And sometimes you can see Mars on a good night. And, and we know that for four days God took nothing and created something, amen. He created an atmosphere uh, that he could then for the next two days, day day five and six, create the fish of the seas and the, the birds of the air. And then on day six, he created the beast of the fields. And thankfully, he also created Adam and then later Eve. I'm so thankful that he had us in mind on creation. But you will note this, that God spends six or four days creating an atmosphere that was sustainable for life. And then on day five and six, he places life into that atmosphere. And I say that because a, a proper atmosphere is imperative for life. How many of you, do you have fireflies up here? What are they called, fireflies or lightning bugs? Lightning bugs, all right. So you have lightning bugs. How many of you have ever, whether you were a child or even adult, and, and how many of you have ever seen as the, the lightning bugs are flying around, you run and you catch one, and then you catch another, and you catch another, hoping not to smear the, the backside of them all over your hand and, and start glowing, and, and you catch about ten of them, and then what do you do? You run into the house and you look for a, a jar. Man, we got some lightning bug hunters in this house. Come on. That is something you can do that's safe. You don't have to go in the woods to catch fireflies. Amen. And so sometimes you would gather a, a very clear Tupperware container, and then you would take a carrot. You would take a slice of an apple. You would take some grass, a leaf, a twig, and you would stick it in a jar, and then you would kind of like have to shake your hands so they fall into the jar. And then what did you do next? You got a, a lid. A lid, and you screw the lid in, but you didn't, you didn't screw the lid in and leave it like that. You ran to the, 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 the drawer and pulled out a, a knife. <clears throat> and you'd begin to punch holes into it, all right? My daughter, Madison, I'm so, so sorry. My, my wife texts me. She says, I'm so bummed I couldn't make it, and my family's bummed they couldn't make it. And, and I'm just thankful we just got back from 14 days in Minnesota, and we are ran ragged. And so we felt like it was best to give the kids a break. And so they do send their regards. Uh, and, and, man, we sure, they sure miss you all. But I tell my kids, especially Madison, Madison, she's my tomboy. I mean, at two years old, I'd take her up into the mountains of Pennsylvania. And we'd go scouting for four to five mountain, or hours in the dangerous woods. And as we were scouting in the dangerous woods, I mean, she would hang with me. 
<laughs> she would hang with me the whole time. And, and, and Madison's my tomboy, tomboy, so to speak. And when we go to Florida, they have all these little lizards running around. And, and she has literally aced the perfection of, of catching these dangerous lizards and bringing them back to me. And, and she will bring them back and she will get, she will ask, Mom, can I have a Tupperware container? What? And it's like, we'll watch and she'll throw the lizard in there and try to recreate an atmosphere, recreate an ecosystem so that this little lizard can be sustained in life. And I'll tell them, I say, listen, you can play with it for a little bit, but you are going to take the toad back to the bushes, the lizard back to the bushes. You're going to take the insects back. You're not going to put them in an atmosphere that they might live for a couple days and then die. And I'm not going to go to pet. Petco or PetSmart and spend 80 bucks on a whole tank and container and all this stuff so that your lizard can live. So you're going to take the lizard back so the thing can and live in the atmosphere that it was created in. But I say that because a proper atmosphere is imperative for life. And not only that, I would say this, that a proper atmosphere is imperative for the miraculous power of God to be loosed in our services and loosed in our, our, our church. A proper atmosphere is imperative. I want to I want to go back to our scripture real quickly and I want you to I want you to notice how the scripture begins to describe what really took place that day. In Luke 5:17 and it came to pass on a certain day that as he was teaching there was doctors, Pharisees and they were sitting by a watch which came from every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, and then it says the power of the Lord was present to heal. So there was something about this meeting place that activated the power of God to be loosed or to be on standby, so to speak. Mark's version says that when he was, it was noised, he was in the house straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto him. Come on, somebody. Now, if you want to talk about some church, that's what church looks like. Amen. You want to talk or have a model of revival, that's what church and revival looks like. Where people, Could you imagine the day where there's standing room only in this building, and you have to open the windows because you got a parking lot full? of people that want to hear the word but there's not enough space. That's an idea of what church and revival looks like. And so we see this, that when it was noise, Jesus was in the house. It created standing room only. It drained the towns and the villages that were nearby and people came to hear Jesus. I would say it like this, that this full house and gathering of people it signified a spirit of expectancy. A spirit of expectancy. They knew Jesus was in the house and it drew them from all over the region. He drained the local towns and villages, uh, Jerusalem and Judea, and they came to this little place uh, and they filled this house in so much that they could no longer get through the door. This full house now signifies a spirit uh, of expectancy. Can I just preach for just a moment tonight and say to this church that the moment uh, church in this, this setting or church in your life uh, gets to to be a place where there is zero expectation. You have missed what this thing is all about. Amen. I like to say it like this. When it's church time, amen, there shouldn't be another highlighted moment of your calendar that means as much to you as coming to church. Church should be the Super Bowl of our weekend. Church should be that time and that moment where we say, I can't wait to get to church. You know, see, 
as an evangelist, I get a, I get a, a unique perspective of what's going on around the world, or at least the 20 states that I've preached in or somewhere around there. I get a unique perspective all the way from the south in Florida to Texas, uh, up here to, to up in Iowa. I've been up to North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Indiana, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all the way up into New Brunswick, Canada. And I get a perspective uh, of what is truly going on. And can I tell you, I have made it a point now in my life to start teaching my kids. Uh, even when my flesh is tired uh, and I don't feel like it, uh, even when I preach seven services in six days, uh, I tell my kids, uh, it's church time. You know why? Because I see so many people come in the church, uh, and when they get here, they're, they're, it's almost like they're ju- they're just glad they made it. Walk through the front door, swipe the spiritual time clock, uh, come by, and you sit down, uh, and you think, oh, if I could just get through this. I get it. Life is busy. I understand. I know what it's like to work double shifts and overtime and so on and so forth. But hear me, somebody. You have the ability to tell your flesh, even if your flesh is weak, that you're going to be excited about church. You have the ability that even when you're tired to say, you know what, uh, there's nothing like it when the body of Christ comes together and we can press in on Jesus uh, and we can create an atmosphere and we can come together and celebrate, amen, uh, the liberty and the freedom of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to revive. uh, I'm trying to counteract uh, this idea that I just come to church uh, and I just sit and I go through the motions. Uh, Now's not a day to go through the motions. Uh, Now's a day to come to church uh, on fire and press in uh, on Jesus to hear his words. I found this scripture, read this scripture. It says in Revelation 3.14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold, somebody say cold, nor hot. Somebody say hot. You're neither of those. You're not cold. And you're not hot. And he says, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. There's, a, there's an uncanny uh, going back and forth between a spiritual realm here and the spiritual condition and yet the physical condition. Watch what Jesus says. He said this, because you say that I'm rich, I'm increased with goods physically, I have no need of nothing Hello? Nothing. And he says, you don't even know that you're wretched. You're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You have no clue. The spiritual condition's lacking. But because you're laying out up comfortably and you got a comfortable life and you truly have no need, you don't understand that spiritually speaking there is decay in your life. He says, I try, I counsel thee, buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment. You might be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. And then he says this, anoint my eyes with eyes have that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And then he says this, be zealous. 
be zealous. Come on, somebody. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. I am not trying to create a doctrine. I know many have used these scriptures to try to talk about the church ages and all that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to create a doctrine by no means. But I will say this, that if uh, it, this, this, this passage here in my travels, this passage, uh, if the North American church is not is not aware of it and is not careful, we can be ones that fulfill this same scripture. You realize that if you're part of North America, you're in the top 2% of the wealthiest people in the world. And I say this because if we're not careful, I feel that we can become or we can find ourselves in a spiritual law. We can find ourselves in a spiritual sleep, a spiritual slumber. And he said this. He said, you're not hot and you're not cold. You're not spiritually dead, but you're not on fire either. He said, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So what are you trying to say? We need to make sure that we're not allowing the comfortable lifestyle of America to take the edge off of our passion uh, for Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I don't want to be cold in my walk with God, uh, but I want to be on fire. You do what you want to do, but Aaron chooses to be on fire. Amen. I want to be zealous and pursue uh, and reach after the things of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. I want to be on fire for you know why I have a connection with this youth group, or at least I feel like I do, is because they're not ones uh, that are addicted to Netflix and binge-watching and binge-playing video games. Uh, but when the time comes, they know how to shut the, the carnality off of this world, uh, and they know how to come to church uh, and pray for an hour and a half. Come on! Uh, what other youth group do you know that does that? Uh, there's few and far between that I know. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, let's get on fire for God. Uh, let's make sure the edge of our sword uh, isn't becoming dull because of carnality but let's pursue let's sharpen and let's be zealous for the things of God amen I, I'm desiring I'm desiring my friend the moves of God I want to see the things of God. Hey, I grew up in this thing, and my mom would talk to me. Uh, they would talk about how they, in the church buildings, they, they would have pot belly stoves that would be red hot in the, the winter in South Dakota, and they said that all of a sudden the Spirit of God would break out, uh, and people would get lost in dance, uh, and they would dance all the way around those hot stoves, uh, never touching the power of God would flow. She said one time the power of God touched a man, uh, and he began to dance in the Spirit. Uh, he jumped up onto the... the it, it wasn't seats, it was, it was the pews. Uh, and he literally danced on the back of the pew uh, from one to another in the spirit. Come on, somebody. Uh, I heard things of angels visiting uh, and moves of God. I want to see that in myself. Uh, I don't want to wax cold. Uh, I don't want to become dull. I want to find the fire of God. Find uh, the moves of God. Find Jesus uh, like I've never have before. I was preaching in up in the New Brunswick area last year. And I preached a hard message, Pastor. I, it was, God was trying to shake people. <coughs> I preached on having breakthroughs. And, and I remember I preached this, just so you understand what I'm, how I operated the altar. It was kind of like this, but it, it spread out. Like there was, there was a section that way, section this way, section this way. And it kind of made a... Uh, I don't know, like a half moon in the, the audience. So like, a, I don't know, I don't even know what they'd call it. I'm going to try to say what it was. It was just a round, half half round uh, sanctuary. And so 
I remember when I gave the altar call, it was a rather larger church, and all the young people were just like you. They were in this section, and they came up to the altar. And for like 15 minutes, I worked with the young people. I was praying with them, and they were breaking through. There was people praying back through to the Holy Ghost. There was people that God was touching. And in my way of doing things, I would I'd step back up after 10 or 15 minutes, and I began to ping the people and just, just look at them. I'd look at the audience, and... And I just asked the Lord, Lord, do you want me to speak to anybody? What's going on? And, and, and if I didn't feel anything for people, I'd move to the next section. And so I moved to the next section. I would start with the people that were in the altar, and then I'd come back up, uh, and I would begin to look out amongst the audience, those that, you know, uh, didn't come come up to the front. Generally, I don't pay much attention to them, but there's times where maybe it's a visitor or somebody that they want to, but they just need that encouragement, and so then I'll ask God to help me to perceive that, and so I remember going to the next one. I'm, I'm, there's like six sections, and I go over to this sixth section, and as I'm in the altar, I, I happen to look over to the last section over here, and, and, and there was this old man that I, I didn't, I don't know who he was. You got to understand, for me, I'm just coming into a place. I don't know the stories of people, but here he is, and he's giving me what I call the stink eye. He's facing the front, and I'm working here, and he's like this. I'm like, you're creepy. And so I keep praying for people. I'm walking through the altar. I'm praying, and I look back over, and there he is. Listen, folks, I've seen some weird things in altars. I was in Philly one time, and I was preaching. This woman came up, and she was praying, but it was almost like this painful prayer. Man, I palmed her head. I began to pray, and she went. Well, now, that lady, I had, I, did, I, I, I felt evil. I'll be honest with you. I perceived evil. I, I, it rose up inside, and I, I kept my hand on her. I didn't push her. I just prayed for her. I was praying the power of the Holy Ghost on her. And she literally, she's like. And I can't do the limbo, but I'm telling you, she could go low. She went all the way back lay with, like, doing that, and then finally she just went, ah, and fell down, and she started being, ah. Man, I, I, I don't know what happened, but, man, I was like, Jesus, and I was praying under my breath because she could have been a dear saint, but I was praying something would come flying up out of her, like a devil or something, because it, it wasn't right. And so you got to understand, I've seen there's a lot of nonsense, you know, you can get wrapped up in, and, and you see it. And plus, going into New Brunswick, we had we had satanic encounters, we had dreams. Uh, we, I mean, I, I pulled out of Tim Hortons. The first, we were in the town just for a moment. I pulled out of Tim Hortons and a lady walking her dog down, and I backed my truck up, being a gentleman. She walked by. She didn't make eye, eye contact with me. She went like this. She walked by, and she's like, her upper lip was snarling like a stinking uh, grizzly. I'm like, and she gets about 10 yards away, and she turns around, and she's like, and glares at her. I'm like, I'll come out of this truck right now. I could. <laughs> I used to be a brawler back in the day when I when I I was out of the church, so to speak. I was you gonna taunt me? I'll come up out of this truck now. My wife's like, "Oh my goodness, you see her!" Like two days later, we're driving through the town and she's walking, and my girl's like, "There's that woman again!" And we drive by, and as we're driving by, she goes like this. She didn't even see us, and she, we're driving by, and she's like. And so you see a lot of crazy things, and now here we are in this church service, and this, this, this weird old man's going like this to me. I'm thinking, I got to go deal with this. So I walk up to him, and I said, man, I'm so glad you're here. I said, 
welcome. He's like, I just did something I've never done before. I'm like, great. Wait, what did you do? He's like, and he had a walker in front of me. He's like, I just walked without my walker since the first time. I can't remember the last time I was able to do it. He said, something told me to take three steps this way. And so I took three steps this way. And I turned around and I went three steps back. I said, well, and then he started choking up and tears began to roll down his eyes. And he said, and I have no more pain in my back. And I have no more pain in my legs. And I said, great. Hear me for a second. I said, great. If I were you, I would just let that thing here and I'd go exercise your new healing. And I left him there, prayed for the rest of the section and I got back up on the platform and I was walking this way and I happened to look over the congregation and there was that old man in the back just walking around without his walker you know what hear me hear me hear me hear me this is what I'm trying to say that's the way it should be I didn't pray for that man I didn't preach about miracles I didn't touch that man but here we are in an atmosphere where the miraculous can do whatever the miraculous wants where God can just be God and when you're in an church service uh, where God can be God. I'm telling you, anything can happen. That's the way it should be. That's what I desire. Amen. I want to see the miraculous. I know you guys just had a powerful service Sunday. But so did we at our home church. Was it like a blood moon or something? I mean, something in the celestial stars that was like coming to pass. We had worship service. Oh, come on, somebody. Did anybody like to worship in the house? Come on, does anybody realize that we as apostolics, uh, we know how to worship. We hold the key to worship. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a live God that went to Calvary for you. So that's why when the praise team's praying uh, and you feel a little bounce in your step, uh, it's okay to go ahead and dance and worship before the Lord. Uh, and we were doing something like that this past Sunday. And over here we had uh, my little niece, Sarah. I think she might be five or something like that. I can't tell, to be honest with you. I barely remember her name. But anyway, she was over here praying, uh, and all of a sudden, another little kid came over, a child came over and began to pray for her, and then another child, and all of a sudden we had three or four children spontaneous, nobody coaxing, just all of a sudden the power of God began to move, and now we have children, but it didn't stop there, it broke out on the other side of the church, and now we have the entire Sunday school staff and children praying. Before the night was over, six of those was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and five of them were baptized in Jesus' name. What do you trying to say, uh, hey, somebody, when we can create the atmosphere, uh, it unlooses the power, the miraculous, the faith of God to touch uh, and to minister. I want to see the miraculous. Uh, I don't know why on a youth night I feel to preach this, uh, but maybe, just maybe, it's confirmation to what you had on Sunday that God's trying to tip you off. Uh, God's trying to shake this church uh, and say, prepare yourself uh, for an hour of visitation. Uh, prepare yourself uh, for more miraculous moves of my spirit. Spirit. When I've gotten serious in the last couple of weeks, I have seen I have seen God heal. 
I prayed for one guy at ABI, and he said he was bawling. I'm addicted to cigarettes. I can't stop. Uh, we laid hands on him and prayed. He went back to his seat. Uh, Ten minutes later, he came back up to the altar, just choked up, uh, sobbing. He said, I, God, I, something has changed in my body towards the craving uh, of cigarettes. Amen. Uh, another man walked away healed of plantar fasciitis. Uh, another lady had neural problems in her face, uh, in her hands, and her arms were completely numb. Uh, but when we prayed because of faith, uh, amen, God healed her. trying to do tonight I'm trying to shake us I'm trying I, I don't know how to do it uh, except bear my soul to you uh, and to preach the word of God uh, I'm trying to challenge us uh, to go and take our sword back to the sharpening stone uh, to make sure that we haven't become dull because of our comfortable lifestyle to make sure that spiritually uh, we're not lukewarm I've come to challenge uh, somebody to get on fire for God uh, now's a day where we need revival now's a day where we gotta see this stuff uh, now's a day where this world. It needs the church of God to be on fire. The reason I conclude tonight that expectancy created an atmosphere and activated the power of God because there's many other examples in the Bible where it was different. There was no expectation. Matthew 13, 53 it came to pass that when Jesus had finished his parables, departed thence, came into his own country. They were astonished. said, whence hath this man this wisdom, mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? His mother Mary, brother James, Joseph, Simon, Judas. His sisters, are they not here? Whence hath this man all these things? And they were offended. But Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor, save in his own country, amongst his own kin. And verse 58 said, he did not many mighty works there, because of their unbelief. And so now in Scripture you have two scenarios. In both of the scenarios, Jesus was present. But in one of the scenarios, uh, when Jesus, it was noise, he was in the house. Uh, they, he drained the villages, uh, Judea, Samaria, Galilee. Everybody came in and they pressed in on Jesus. Uh, but then in the other one, in his own home country, they just stood back and they criticized Jesus. The one they desired him, the other one they kept him at arm's distance. The one they pressed on him, and the other one they stood back with a negative outlook. The one they, they, they had faith in him, and the other one they were critical of him. And the results are vastly different. I think the truth of the matter would be what creates an atmosphere in your life individually in a church is all dependent upon whose company you want in the house. I'm sorry, but faith and doubt are not good companions. Hope and despair are not good company in the same room. Death and resurrection power are not good company in the same room. Why? Because if you put faith and doubt in the room, there will be a confrontation, and you've got to decide who is staying. One of them has to go. In Luke 8, 49, while he yet spake, there cometh the ruler of the synagogue, saying, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, Fear not. I don't know what the negative report you might have re received is. But I can tell you what the answer is. Fear not. 
I don't know what you're facing. The trials, the circumstances, the persecution, but the answer is fear not. He said, fear not, believe only. Don't fear, but believe, and she shall be made whole. He came into the house, he said, no man, Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother. They all wept and bewildered her, but she, he said, weep not, she's not dead, but she sleeps. And they laughed at him. Mistake number one, don't laugh at Jesus. You know why? Because if you laugh at Jesus, you're going to get the door slammed in your face. And you know what he did? When they laughed in the scorn, he just popped open the door and said, you, 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 get out. You're not good companions. You're killing the atmosphere. And when he got rid of the doubters, he got rid of the naysayers, he said, all right, maiden, arise. And when the atmosphere was right, amen, the miraculous flowed. Maybe that's it tonight. Maybe there's somebody here you need to just determine and make up in your mind whose company is going to stay in your house. Uh, is it the naysayers or Jesus? Uh, is it the fear or Jesus? Is it doubt or Jesus? Uh, is it anxieties or Jesus? I don't know about you, uh, but this preacher chooses Jesus. Uh, I choose Jesus. Uh, I want Jesus. I need Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Bible says when Jesus saw their faith I'm trying to hurry I know it's I didn't realize the time I apologize I'm flying he saw their faith I believe that this message challenges not only church culture but it should challenge you as an individual it should challenge you as an individual where are you at in your walk with God was there a time where you prayed and fasted more than you do now? Is there a time where you read your Bible more than you do now? Is there a time when the zeal of the Holy Ghost, when you walked into the church, was on fire and hot, but now it's, I'm getting by? I believe every one of you, I charge every one of you, you have a responsibility when you come into these church doors. Matter of fact, there's another message I teach. And I've, I've gotten positive feedback from all the pastors. I preach it and the pastors are like, because I take the responsibility off the pastor to come and, and, and almost rub the magic lamp, so to speak, so the genie will come out. I, I take all the pastor off just one man or, or the praise team, and I put the responsibility on the crowd. I put it on everybody. We all have a responsibility. Listen, don't, nobody likes a freeloader. They're dangerous. Well, they live in the woods. I remember in high school, we all had that friend. Actually, I was that friend. <laughs> to my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. It's like, you go out. It's like, oh, can I bum like a dollar for a candy bar? Yeah, man, no problem. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just broke. You know, things are bad. and You go back out again. Oh, can I bum like two bucks for a Dunkin' Donuts coffee? Caramel swirl cream. Yeah. Oh, man, can I play your Sega Genesis? You guys even know what that is? <laughs> I don't even know what they have now. DS. A, a what? A switch is what I got beat with when I was bad. 
said, you okay, Aaron? You go out there and pull them off the tree. Hello, I'm speaking somebody's language in there. There was no time out back in my day. What was I saying? I just, I totally lost it. Freeloaders. They always want to be present. They always want to participate. But they have no skin in the game because they're bumming off of somebody else. Don't be a freeloader in church. Uh, don't come reap the beneficiary of a few worshipers. Uh, amen. When you come to church, uh, instead of letting the youth group praise and worship, uh, why don't you get out of your seat and come up front uh, and get a little dance on? Uh, instead of letting a couple people preach to pastor, why don't you stand up to your feet uh, and say, come on, pastor, preach the word of God to me. Don't sit back and be a beneficiary of somebody else's labor in the house of God. You all can make a difference. You can make a difference. You can change the atmosphere of this church in our services by coming in and instead of sitting back observing, pressing in on Jesus, getting close to Jesus, choosing Jesus. Say, how, Brother Aaron, how do I create an atmosphere? Young people, I want you to listen to me. How do I create an atmosphere? What is my responsibility? Uh, I'm, recalling a, I'm recalling a man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Uh, blind Bartimaeus, obviously, as the name indicated, was blind. Uh, and the Bible said one day he sat by the wayside begging. Uh, and then he heard a noise. A multitude uh, was coming by. And finally he cried out and said, what uh, is the noise from? And they said, Jesus uh, is passing by. And when he heard that Jesus was passing by what did he do uh, he began to cry out Jesus uh, thou son of David uh, have mercy on me Jesus and he would repeat it uh, and the Bible says this uh, the Bible said the multitudes of the crowds uh, begin to say just hold your peace uh, trouble not to master stop being loud uh, but the Bible says the more they tried it the louder he became amen uh, the more louder he got until finally Jesus said stop uh, bring that man to me you say what's my responsibility in a local church you can have the mentality of blind Bartimaeus. There ain't nobody around me that's going to stop me from getting to Jesus. There is no naysayer that's going to keep me from getting into the presence of the Lord. I don't care what you do, but I'm going to press in on Jesus. I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus. What's my, what's my responsibility in a church service? Uh, how do I? Go ahead, sissy. I, you're not going to hurt me. Uh, you just do whatever you feel. Uh, amen. And, and what is my responsibility? Uh, I'm listening and I, uh, the word. It said that there was a woman uh, that had an issue of blood. Uh, for 12 years, she dealt with this issue. Uh, the more she tried to become good by going to doctors, the worse she became. Uh, and the Bible said what? Jesus was walking by. Uh, and she said within herself, if I could just get uh, to Jesus, uh, if if I could just touch uh, Jesus, then I will be made whole. And so we see her pressing through uh, her circumstances, pressing through uh, her issue uh, and touching Jesus. How can I create an atmosphere in this church? Uh, you can have the same mentality as this woman. Uh, there's no issue in my life. Uh, there's no circumstance. Uh, I'm going to let keep me from getting to Jesus. Uh, hey, I know we all have bad days and bad situations, uh, but when we walk through that door, we can leave them outside uh, and we can come into the church uh, and we can press in on Jesus. 
How do I have? How do I create an atmosphere? I'm recalling a man by the name of Peter. One day they were fighting a contrary wind. Anybody know what it's like to fight a storm? They were fighting a storm, and here comes Jesus. Jesus is walking by, and the Bible said he would have walked right on by. Some friend. But watch. When they saw him, they thought it was a spirit, and they cried out for, say it with me, fear. As soon as fear is introduced to the disciples, Jesus says, stop, it's I, and he reveals himself to them. Why? Because he doesn't give us a spirit of fear. If you're dealing with fear, it's not of God. If you're dealing with anxiety, it's not of God. You're dealing with confusion. It's not of God. Simple as that. As soon as fear is introduced in the picture, Jesus says, hey, stop, don't entertain that. It's me. Hello, somebody. And what Peter say? I love it, young people. This is what you remind me of. Uh, Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, uh, bid me to come. Uh, he didn't say stop the wind, stop the storm, stop this, stop that, stop the waves. Uh, he just said, if it's you, let me get out of this boat. And Jesus said, come on, Bubba, come on. And he jumps out of the boat uh, and is the first man that walked on top uh, of the storm. Amen. But he wasn't the last uh, because there's in 2019, uh, there's a group of people that when you're facing a storm uh, and you're facing a situation, uh, you can do what Peter did and say, you know what? Uh, I choose Jesus. Uh, and you can walk above the storms uh, of life and the trials. Uh, come on, I could go on all night like this. Uh, was it not Paul and Silas uh, that faced persecution, young people? And they were cast into the inner prison, shackled to the wall. But it was at midnight uh, they began to sing the God praises in prayer. And the Bible says at midnight an earthquake shook that place. Uh, maybe what we need to have here tonight uh, is a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost earthquake uh, to help some people. Amen. Uh, you can say what you want, uh, but it was Paul and Silas that said, uh, you know what, it's I could face the persecution uh, and I could feel the fear, uh, but I'm going to choose Jesus uh, in every case. Uh, the storms or Jesus, uh, the naysayers or Jesus, uh, the circumstances or Jesus, uh, I've come tonight to choose uh, Jesus. Come on, I said I come tonight to choose Jesus. Brother Perryman, in every one of those cases, I, I, said, I said, the Bible lets us know that Jesus would have walked on by. They would have sat there in their blindness. Uh, she would have struggled with her issue. Uh, amen. And, and, and Peter would have been fighting the storm. Uh, in every case, Jesus would have walked on by. Uh, but something inside of them said, uh, it can be what I'm facing uh, or Jesus. Uh, and I'm going to choose Jesus tonight. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right now. I feel the gift of faith is starting to stir. I feel like the Holy Ghost is wanting to break in right here, right now. Would you stand to your feet and lift your hands and let the Holy Ghost... Come on, whatever you feel to do right now, I want you to go ahead and do it. Uh, don't let the naysayers stop you. Uh, don't let the circumstance stop you. Uh, it's time to get to Jesus. Come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now. Come on, let your faith rise right now in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, let your faith rise in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm going to reach for you when I don't feel the strength. I'm going to claim you when I can't see the way out. Tonight, I'm going to choose you. Come on, I want you to entertain it. Go ahead, sissy. Whatever you feel to do, do it right now. Come on, why do we need music right now to pump you and prime you? The preacher just told you the answer to your situation. Uh, the answer to your situation uh, is to choose Jesus. Come on, I need some prayer warriors to begin the prayer right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you know right where this man's at. By the authority of the word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost, let it be such as I have. Let it be in his life. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow upon him in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Is there still an overflow from Sunday night? Uh, don't let this preacher get up here and have to bring you back to that place. Uh, why don't we pick up where we left off uh, and let the power of the Holy Ghost uh, take us to another dimension? Come on, somebody press right now in the Holy Ghost. Uh, press in the Holy Ghost for just a moment. Uh, come on, tell the devil, I don't care what you're putting against me. Uh, I choose Jesus. Come on, I feel that God wants to have a demonstration of the power of God in this place tonight. If you're here tonight and you're dealing with the spirit of fear, if you have anxieties and depressions, uh, if the devil's afflicting your mind, I want you to begin to make your way up here to, to this altar where we can pray for you. Amen. If you have a disease or sickness in your body that only Jesus can heal, I want you to begin to make your way up to this front right now. Come on. Uh, can we step into the faith that was here Sunday night uh, and use that to catapult us uh, into a demonstration, uh, into an atmosphere of the